0: Gracious Heavenly Father, we rejoice in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are in Thy heart, the living to praise Thee in this day that the Lord has me, We thank Thee for the Christian Sabbath, for the Lord's Day. For the day when we say goodbye to earthly works and workings, when we say farewell to the mundane shores of life, and when we gather with the people of God in the house of the Lord to read the Word of God and to praise the Christ of God, we rejoice that here we have no continuing city. We rejoice that we're passing on to heaven, and someday soon we'll put on the white robes, we'll put on the golden crowns, we'll take up the hearts, and hallelujah, we shall sing praises to Jesus in the everlasting melodies of the new song of redemption. Lord, we Bless thee that we have a new song in our heart today. We have been lifted from the burden of our sins. We have been lifted from the quiet mire of our iniquity. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Happy art thou, O Israel, saved by the Lord. O God bless us this morning. For Jesus' sake. And the people of God said Amen. The first sentence of verse 9 of the 5th chapter of the book of the Revelation. And they sung a new song. And they sung a new song. I want to speak. About five characteristics of the new song. I want you to note first of all the prompting of the song. You cannot sing except something moves your heart. Before the lips move, the heart must be moved. I want to talk about the prompting of the new song. Secondly, I want to talk about the place of the new song. It's not sung with the saints all standing upright. Where are the saints of God when the new song is sung? If you look with me, at first, they fell down. They fell down. There is a place where the new song starts a-stirring in the hearts of the people of God. When the people of God bowed in humility, with pride of with hearts humble, with the blood applied, then to the lips burst forth. In the mighty anthems and hallelujahs of redemption. The place of the new song. Then I want you to notice the people of the new song. Who are these people? They are a people out of every kindred. And tongue. And people. And nation they are a special people. They are a people out of. They are the come-outers. That is who they are. This is the truth of particular redemption that God has a people in every land and in every tribe and in every kindred for himself. A great truth which no man can number. We want to talk about the people of the new song. Don't think I've started to preach yet. I'm giving you the outline. I haven't started to come back for the meat. And then I want you to notice something even better than that. I want you to notice the person of the new song. This song is about a person. The person... Of the Lord Jesus Christ. No name like His name. No person like His person. No hands can touch us like the hands of Jesus. No heart can reach us like the heart of the incarnate Son of God. No words can stir our souls like the words that fall from the lips of Jesus. The person of the new soul. And then I want you to notice the purpose of the new song. What is the great objective? The great objective is the ascribing of all the praise and all the glory to the Lamb who sits in the midst of the throne. There's nothing about man in the song. There's not one-tenth of Arminianism in this song. This is the song of people redeemed by Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ. Hello. So let us come back on it. First of all, we have the promptings of the new song. Do you know, friend, that this song came after tears? Have a look at it. Verse 4, And I wept much. Thank God, God spreads a beautiful rainbow over the valley of teeth. I don't think our hearts are ever stirred until we have wept. I don't think our souls have ever stirred until we have been penitent. I don't think that we have ever sung the way we ought to sing Until our eyes have been cleansed by our tears. Why did John weep? He wept because there was an unopened book. And man had healed. And the great ones of the earth had healed. And all was saved. But praise God, when Jesus comes, impossibilities become possibilities. And not only possibilities, but thank God, certain days and realities. Maybe there's someone here today, and you've shed your tears this week. You've been down in the valley, and the dark clouds have swept across life's sky. The rays of the warming sun have not penetrated life's existence for you. And you've been walking in the darkness. And you've shed your tears. Those tears, my friend, can be wiped away today. Thank God this song was prompted because the elder said in verse I Weep not, behold the lion of the life of Judah has revealed. And the Lion of Judah shall break every team and give us the victory again and again. The Lion of truth of the tribe of Judah. Judah's Lion. And you know, John lifted up his eyes to look at the Lion. But there was no Lion there. What did he see? Have a look at it. He saw a standing lion. The Lamb stands while the saints fall prostrate at his feet. The only thing in this great passage of the standing is Christ in solitary isolation. Let all men fall and put their faces in the dust, For there is only one who can prevail. Over life's sins and life's sorrows, life's temptations, life's hardships and heartaches. And that one is Jesus, the Lamb upon the throne. He's the enthroned Lamb. He's standing in the midst of the throne. This is what prompted this song. All right. All right. Let's look at, secondly, the people of the song. I like this. Have a look at verse 9. They are the people that are redeemed. They're the redeemed ones. But you know, their redemption is a peculiar redemption. For it is a redemption by the blood of the Lamb. We live in a day when there's a preaching of a redemption apart from the blood shedding of Christ. We live in a day when the modernists occupy the pulpits and preach a gospel without a drop of blood or without the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. But this, my friend, this message of another gospel has no part in this new song. There's not a Unitarian among this multitude, not one. There's not an old modernist or ecumenical or Bible denying apostate here. This is a limited multitude. Every person here redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Did you ever think of that great multitude? What a place heaven's going to be. When the saints go marching in, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, a multitude which no man can number. They can bring in their decimal system of the like, but they'll not number this multitude. They can bring in their best computers, but here is a crowd that only God knows the number of. And they're all in every child into the Father's heart. They have come from the east and the west and the north and the south. They've crossed the rivers. They've crossed the oceans. They've passed the hard tracks and up the rugged mountain steeps and down the sides of life's testing valleys and through the storms and the havocs. The tornadoes and the catastrophes that dodge our footsteps while we traverse life's pathway. But they've all come safely home. What a people. Every one of them redeemed. Every one of them saved by grace. Every one of them born again of the Holy Ghost. They're a redeemed people. I want to tell you something else. Have another look at it. They are a people out of. Mark those words. This is particular redemption that God has picked them out of. Every kindred and tongue and people and nation. God has picked them out. Why did He pick me? I cannot tell. Why did he pick you? I cannot tell. Why that God should pass by one and take up another? No man can know. The Spirit blows where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But bless God, as Spurgeon said, we can bow our heads and thank God he blew in our direction. And we came out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation. What a multitude. This is a real ecumenical gathering of the right sort. Yes, they're all there. And they're all redeemed. They're all redeemed. They've got their theologies all straightened out. Every one. Think of them. Those straight least brethren. Those well-washed Baptists. Those blue-blooded Presbyterians. Those Methodists and Episcopalians with all their start, they have all been redeemed and saved and They're all there. And they're not arguing over doctrine now. And they're not arguing over trivialities now. They are one in their worship of the Lamb. The Lamb. I want you to notice something, friend. I want you to notice the poorest the poet were they sing the song. They sing it, having fallen down. I would be diffident to try to interpret some of this symbolism of the book of the Revelation. But there is here, I think, a picture of the church. The four living creatures, I think, picture the church in its Godward aspect. And the four and twenty elders picture the church in its united aspect, both from the Old and from the New testament. But I want you to notice that they fell down before the Lamb. Where are they? They're before the Lamb, but they're on their faces. You know, where you get real unity, you get it where God's people are on their faces. Yeah, That's where you get real unity. You get people at an open Bible class with their Bibles in their hand and they'll all argue. But you get them on their knees before God. And then there's unity and we're going to be upon our knees in heaven. Can't you see that great multitude falling down? What a sight. When every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Not by force, but in the strength of the Holy Ghost we'll fall down. There with knees bent and faces piercing heaven's floor, we shall sing the song of the ages until the vaults of the eternal heavens above and the temples of God shall echo. A song that was never sung in heaven with such strength. It's like the sound of the many waters that the voice of the mighty thunders. And my dear woman, you couldn't play a note, but you'll be able to handle that harp like an expert. And we men that can't do anything in the musical line, my, we'll be experts that day. Talk about these experts. We'll outshine them all. Do you know what it says here? It says every one of them at heart. There'll be a great melody in heaven. Every man and every woman will play his own particular note. For we have all a different story of how the Lord sees us. But every note will come into a perfect harmony and in a great crescendo of praise. The saints of God shall worship the Lamb. What a day that's going to be. The day when we fall before Him and worship Him. Look at the place. And we're going to have golden vials full of odors, which are the prayer of saints. But I want you to notice something more about this people. This people are an expectant people. There's still more to follow. Look at verse 10. And thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Hallelujah. What a day that will be when we will be reigning over this earth. When we'll be taking over the city hall, there'll be a lot of redundancies declared then. When we'll be taking over the throne, when Christ will say, The kingdoms of this world are the kingdoms of my Lord and of my Christ, and we shall reign. You know what's in this song? There's a I can say hallelujah in this song. We expect something to happen. You know, you'll not get all the joys of heaven the first day you're there, if you can measure eternity with time. Heaven is going to be one continual revelation of the glories of Jesus. We're going to be followers of the Lamb. And He's going to lead us every day to fresh mysteries, to fresh wonders, to fresh revelation. And His servants shall serve Him. Heaven is not a group of old, lazy, indolent people. So if you think you're going to lie in your bed in heaven for all eternity, I'm putting the alarm clock off at your ear now. No sexy. We're going to serve Him. I don't know what duties He'll ask me to do, but I trust that He'll allow me to stand at the crossroads in glory square and tell a great crowd of redeemed people what the Lord God did for my soul when He saved me. You know, an Ephesians said, In the ages to come, he will show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us. Wonderful Jesus. That's the people of the psalm. Let's have another look. Let's look at the person. Ah, now we're reaching the very heart of the matter. Look what they say. Thou art worthy. You know what Jesus is? He's the one who opens the book. You see that book, friend? It's a lot book until Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes, He opens the book. And we have read it before. But when Jesus opens the pages, it reads differently, doesn't it? And we see things that we never saw before. Jesus is the one that opens the book. We're going to sing about him, the great book opener, the one who opened it. Thou art worthy to take the book. And then we're not going to only praise him as a book opener, but we're going to praise him as a slain lamb. Thou a slain! The center of heaven's attraction is the fact that he died for us on the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross. And in the very heart of heaven, There is planted the old tree that first grew in the paradise where Adam and Eve was. And if you come to the last chapter of the Bible, let's turn to it in Revelation. What does it say in the midst of the street of it? And on either side of the river there was the tree of life. You know what the tree of life is? It's the cross. <laughs> this is what it is. Planted in symbol yonder in the midst of Adam and Eve's paradise. Transplanted to the hill cry called Calvary. Replanted in the slopes of glory. And praise God, we're going to gather around the cross for the person that we worship is the Christ of the cross. And that will be the theme of our song. Thou art worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Thou was slain. But I want you to notice He's not only the book opener and the slain one, but He's the one that made us. Hallelujah! He has made something out of us. We were no use. We were cursed, blighted, depraved, and corrupted. But he has made us kings and priests unto God. You're a king priest. You're the envy of the old pope this morning. For he pretends to be a king priest. But he's no such thing but praise God we're kings and priests. Unto God. We have two of the greatest privileges. The king has the right to the throne. Praise God, we have the right to the throne of grace this morning. Come boldly to the throne of grace, where we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in every kind of need. I'm the priest has the right to the holiest of all. Having boldness, therefore, brethren, to enter in by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He has opened for us. You're the most privileged person in the face of God's earth. As Billy Bray said, I'm King Priest Billy. Nobody knows it but myself. But I'm full of the joy of the Lord. It's a great thing to have access to God's throne, and God can answer our prayers. The purpose of the song is the purpose of the song to make melody? No, sir. To fill heaven with the most beautiful music that ever fell on mortal or angelic ears? No, sir. The purpose of the song is to exalt the name of Jesus. That's the purpose. And in so far as this pulpit exalts the name of Jesus, God will bless it. Insofar so far as this church has one interest, and that interest is the interest of Jesus Christ, God will bless us. But insofar as we put party, denominational, or church interest before the interests of our Lord, then our blessing will be limited, and our prosperity will become barrenness and adversity in the sight of God. Let us exalt the name of Jesus.